anointing rest on me anointing rest on me let it power of the Holy Ghost fall on me anointing rest anointing Anointing all of me, Jesus. Anointing, thank you. Follow me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost follow me. Anointing Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to just go through some stories in the Bible to give us some exhortation today. The prophecies that God has given, or that we can say anything we can call prophecy, dreams, visions, or somebody prophesying over you, they are two edged sword. Over the weekend, I was saying, Lord, what do you want me to talk to the audience about? And I keep meditating, keep praying, and then this morning, the Lord brought this word to my understanding. That prophecies are two-edged sword. I'm just going to go through some few stories in the scripture, and then zero in on one particular story. And we're going to just draw some lessons about prophecies. No wonder in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 10. Let's put that on the screen. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 10. Moses warned the Israelites, the Hebrews. And we're going to see from this uh, brief exhortation why the Lord specifically told them that there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or is not to pass through the fire, or that use a divination, an observer of times, or an enchanter or a witch. That divination part is what I'm going to talk about today because we call it many of us from Africa, you can tell many many Africans or the tradition African tradition is they are used to that divination. Dreams, visions. Uh, somebody prophesied, you know, all those prophets running around in, in Africa telling you about your future. Anything that has to be with telling you about the future is what they mean by divination. Sweet saying. And God warned his people, and I'm going to just really tell you one reason why the Lord said, be careful of that. By simply telling you stories in the Bible about why prophecies, prophecies, even when God gave prophecy, they are two-edged sword. Because we, are, we can see many evils being done because of prophecy. Evils being done by human beings. How much more if the devil is the one that used divination to tell them their future, human nature, we have the tendency. If somebody prophesied to you, like all those Aladra prophets in Africa, saying that something bad is, happening, is going to happen in the future, what will you try to do? You want to walk out to make sure you avoid it. Also, if they prophesy to you that something great is coming to happen, what, do you, what is the tendency? You want to work it out to make it happen. Sometimes people work it out by doing evil just because they want this thing to happen. That is why it's a two-edged sword. Sometimes they even, the prophecy can make the other people that heard about it do evil. Why? Because they think if you get to that position, you are ruling over them. Let's go through the Bible. Take a story of Joseph in the Bible. You know the story of Joseph? He had a dream. That's prophecy. He had a dream. God told him when he was just a young lad, you're going to be great, no? All your brothers will be bowing down to you. But he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything to other than just tell them. And what was the result? These people said, well, you're going to rule over us? like say over my dead body kind of a thing what did they do they sold him into slavery to get rid of him so that is doing evil because of 
what they heard, prophecy. So that's what I mean by prophecies. See, they are two-edged sword that we have to know about this thing that you may not do anything wrong and you may be the one that trying to do something that is also wrong. That's why it's two-edged. You have to be careful. And that is a story of Joseph. Another story in the Bible is the story of King David. You know about the story of King David? There was a prophecy when I was a young lad. That they said, Prophet Samuel came and anointed him that God said he will be the next king. Well, not that he was going to do anything wrong. However, the story came over the years to the hearing of the current king, King Saul. What was the result? King Saul wanted to kill him. That is the evil I'm talking about. So it could be evil from this other side, it could be evil from these people. You know, many of you have read the stories in, like look like a mythology. Macbeth, you have read the book of Macbeth in uh, English literature. They said uh, just some stories, this man was a great conqueror and was coming back, some witches. Prophesied I was going to be the next king. And then somehow they said, well, we better do it now, get rid of the current king. So it was evil. Prophecies have that tendency of bringing evil out of human beings. That's what I'm trying to point out. And I'm leading to the stories. What are, the, what are we going to gain from this, since I'm telling you? It's going to make you to say, be careful to when you have prophecies for you. When God tells you about something, even if it's a prophecy for you, your own attitude is very important. Take the story of Joseph. Yeah, they wanted to kill him. Yeah, they chose to sell him into slavery. But you have to maintain your righteousness. If it is God that gave you that prophecy, you better stand as an integrity, you know, somebody with integrity, so that God can fulfill that prophecy for you. God will fulfill that prophecy, but you need to maintain your own righteousness. That's what you see in the story of King David also. Yeah, King Saul wanted to kill him. He ran him out of town. But over and over again, he had opportunity to kill the king. To kill the King David, the current king. But he chose to fear God, like you, you read about, you heard last week. Because he feared God, he said, well, if God prophesied this thing, that he will be the next king, well, let God kill this current king. His servant said, well, this is your opportunity. Right here, you can get rid of this king and the throne will be yours. He said, no. He feared God. That is maintaining your own integrity and your own righteousness. That is the part of we need to maintain our righteousness to make sure whatever is the prophecy for you, God will fulfill it if you stand your ground and maintain your righteousness. We have stories upon stories upon stories in the Bible. Let me give you a story of somebody that God prophesied. You say, why would God prophesy to this fellow and that fellow did evil? Just to fulfill the prophecy. There's a story of uh, when Elijah the prophet ran to the mountain and God said, go and anoint Elijah to be your next, your next prophet. Anoint Jehu to be the next king of Israel. Anoint Asahel of Syria to be the next king of Syria. I'm not referring to all these Bible verses because I'm just telling you the story. If you don't know the story, it will be another, something another time. But these are stories in the Bible. Now, Elijah appointed Elisha and then he left. It was Elisha the prophet that at the time he ran into this man called Asahel of Syria that he prophesied to this man that you are going to be the next king of Syria. And that, that man said, me? When he prophesied to him that he was going to be the next king of Syria, that was when that Asahel went back home and killed the current king. You see, you see, well, God, God made that happen then. Yeah, but see, evil men have the tendency of doing evil just to bring evil to pass. The same with the story of Jehu. When Elisha sent somebody to go and anoint Jehu, that was the opportunity he took over, and the next thing he did was to kill the current king. But those are two edges souls that I'm trying to point out in all these stories. The way I'm actually going is going to be in the first book of First Kings chapter 11. Let's go to First Kings chapter 11. This is the story. I'm just going to tell you stories here in the Bible today. And 
make you draw lessons from it. First Kings chapter 11 is where the beginning of this story and it's going to end in chapter 13. First Kings chapter 11 and we're going to end in chapter 13. This is the story of how Solomon left and another king was there. The son of Solomon is what he's going to center around. First Kings chapter 11 was where this first man called Jeroboam showed up. Jeroboam was actually one of the servants of Solomon. And just like we said, prophecy. From verse 26. First Kings chapter 11 verse 26. First Kings chapter 11 from verse 26. And Jeroboam, the son of Nabal, an Ephratite of Sereda, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Seruiah, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king, Solomon. Then Solomon built Milo and repaired the breaches of the city of David, his father. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor, and Solomon seen the young man that he was industrious. He made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. Came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him in the way and he had clad up himself with a new garment. And they two were alone in the field. And Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take thee ten pieces, for they are thus said the Lord, the God of Israel. I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give ten tribes to thee. Now, the same thing we are talking about prophecy. So this man heard about prophecy that well, God is going to rend the kingdom of Israel and give him ten tribes. And the rest of the story, Solomon heard about it later. And the Bible says Solomon wanted to kill him and he fled. So that is another trend, you know, the trend that when people hear about prophecies, they have the tendency to try to do something about it. Either stop it or make it happen. So, so Jeroboam ran away. But that was not the end of the story that I'm bringing us to, but I'm just pointing to the fact that this is in line with what I just said, prophecies are two-edged sword. So when we rejoice over prophecy that God is going to do some things, we have to also be careful. Watch and pray, is what the Lord said. Now, I continue in this story of Solomon died and his son became, was to be made king. I'll go jump to verse 39. That was verse 39 God told that Jeroboam, how, how, Jeroboam, how God is going to do this and do that. And Jeroboam ran away when Solomon ran, tried to kill him. Now, I'll go to chapter 12. First King chapter 12. Now Rehoboam, the name look alike, Jeroboam Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon that was to be made king. So he came before the, the Israelites. They wanted to coronate him as king. Then they said, wait a minute, we have a prophecy, we have a problem with your father. Verse 2, second, first Kings chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. So Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel were come up to Shechem to make him king. Came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nabal, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it, for he was fled from the presence of King Solomon. And Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt that day, sent and called him. Now who sent? The Israelites. They knew about all these prophecies. The prophecies of two ages. So. They knew about the prophecy that Jeroboam was going to be King, God is going to, and they already have grievances against Solomon. So they send and say, Well, Jeroboam, come back. Solomon is dead. And they wanted to cause trouble for Rehoboam. Maybe some few guys, but they are the rebel rabble houses. So they call for Jeroboam. So they all came before the new the son of Solomon that was to be king, verse 3. 
So they speak unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now, therefore, make thou the grievous service of thy father, and his heavy yoke which he put upon us lighter, and we will serve thee. And he said unto them, Depart yet for three days, then come again to me, and the people departed. So the story was they decided that we are not going to coronate you to be the next king we have problem you have to tell do something about this we have been serving too much this is grievous yoke writing it and he said well okay you needed to get counsel from people to give me three days to think about it so they said okay but you see the problem is these people already have something in the back of their mind they wanted something else Jeroboam was leading this revolt but we are going to learn lessons from all these stories i'm just going to draw some lessons because the scripture is full of stories we can learn from all these stories now this young man rehoboam he, became, he said okay he was going to get counsel he consulted the elders verse six and king rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before solomon his father while he yet lived and said how do ye advise that i may answer these people and they speak of him saying if thou will be a servant unto these people this day and will serve them and answer them and speak good words to them then they will be thy servants forever well just say, just listen to that if you will be a servant now that's the first lesson we want to draw from this story he said well how can i be a servant? i'm the king he was called to come and be made king and you're selling him to be a servant now that doesn't ring well with many people and the lord is trying to make us just learn some lessons that we are called to serve amen you and i we are called to serve even the king even the rulers of the nations you are called to serve but that doesn't really sit well with human beings so that's one lesson we should learn if we are going to be a leader you are called to serve so he heard that so he kind of okay so he went to the, the people of his generation those people have gone to the business schools and there's a new paradigm shift you know it's always a new paradigm shift in the days of many of you that work in this country maybe when we came to this country there was what they call pension you know that pension now the business school shame paradigm there's no more pension so there's new thing maybe five four one case what do you call it so the same thing was going on this uh, younger generation they have a new idea they know better than the the elders so Jeroboam consulted them in verse 8 he forsook the counsel of the old men which were which they had given him and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him and he said unto them what counsel give ye that we may answer these people who have spoken to me saying make the yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter and the young men that were grown up with him speak unto him saying first shall thou speak unto thee and speak unto these people that speak unto thee saying thy father made our yoke heavy but make thou it lighter unto us first thou shalt shall thou say unto them my little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins and now whereas my father did lay on you with a heavy yoke I will add to your yoke my father chastised you with whips but I will chastise you with scorpions. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Or you can say, well, it's the way they were brought up. It's a new generation. It's a new paradigm. And the, oh, you can look at the generation that we are in right now. This look like, oh, he said you have to be, he said you make peace with strength. And that's what, the, what caused the armament in America. Peace with strength. And so they wasted all the money building all the nuclear bombs so when there's a wisdom when God allows some of these things so they said tell them that your finger will be fatter than your father's loins 
So verse 12. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam and they told them as they have appointed. Verse 13. And the king answered the people roughly and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him and spake to them and after the counsel of the young men. My father made your yoke heavy, I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So he didn't hearken to, to these people. So they rebelled. That was the breaking apart of Jewish land from the rest of Israel up to today. So when you hear about Jews, the Jews are the people that stay with Jehovah. Only one, one and a half tribe. That was the beginning of the, the, of, the, of the end for that nation. But see, what are we learning from this lesson? I'm just trying to throw in the story. See, prophecy coming to happen. Jeroboam was made king after this story. They just made Jeroboam to be king to fulfill the prophecy that Ahijah gave to him. Because men, we always try to work it out, whether you like it or not. Prophecy, whether it's given by God, even given by the devil, they will try to work it out. And the opponent, we try to resist it. We, always, we have to remember that. Now, I'm going to chapter 13 because this, the sermon is on First First King chapter 13. These are all pre preambles. Now, this man, Jeroboam, he became king and he decided, well, now that he is king, he wanted to make sure that he stayed as king. So he devised something, a means, to make sure that these people don't keep going to Jerusalem because the other king is in Jerusalem. He set up his own headquarters in a place called Bethel. So well, he didn't want these people to be going to Jerusalem to worship God. Something may happen. So he, he decided that he would have to give them their own God over here. So you all know the story. I will jump now from, from there to chapter 13. So Jeroboam in, in verse 32, he ordained these idols and he put them in, in strategic places and said, this is where we should be worshipping. We don't need to go to Jerusalem. Verse chapter 13. First Kings chapter 13 from verse 1. Now when that was happening, one day he declared a feast before the idol that he has made up, call all the people that they're going to have a feast. Like the feast they always have over there, you know, we're going to have our own right here. So he called a feast. And then on that day he was offering before that idol that he has made for them and God sent a prophet to go confront him. That's what we are going to talk about in 1 Kings chapter 13. It's still part of prophecies, 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 prophecies. Good coming out of it, bad coming out of it. This story, many of us know this story of this prophet. They call it, they call it a man of God came from Judah. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And this man of God cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, Oh, altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. And upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee. And men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign. The same, the same. This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God which had cried against the altar in battle. He put forth his arm from the altar, saying, Lay hold of him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to himself. And the altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Now, that is the first part of the story. This man came, they have never heard about him, but he came as Tosia, the prophet, and prophesied and the kings arrested him the king was smitten then the king said oh please pray to your God to, to, to restore my hand and the man even prayed the next verses the man prayed and the king's hand was restored but this is prophecy and it shows dramatic sign that God was really the one that sent this man indeed but you see these are signs and wonders and we also have to wash out 
because signs and wonders does not prove anything other than that God can do this sign but the word of God that's the next thing we are going to take from these lessons the two, there are two lessons I want us to draw from these stories when we are, when we are done lesson for every one of us that are not ministers that are not servants of the Lord the word of God must be utmost in our lives and prophecies are two edges sword keep your integrity even when you are waiting for your prophecy to be fulfilled for what God, what God has promised you when you are waiting for it to be fulfilled keep your integrity because God watches over that to make sure he will fulfill your dreams for you and the second part for you that can hear from God the word of God God does not change it for any man his instruction in fact the, the title of this sermon should be take fast hold of instruction instruction from God when he give instruction that's what you are see, going to see in this story of this man of God from Judah take fast hold of instruction let her not go the Bible said in, in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 13 so keep instruction diligently so verse 7 let's go back to 1st Kings chapter 13 from verse 6 and the king answered and said unto the man of God entreat now the face of the Lord thy God and pray for me that my hand may be restored me again and the man of God besought the Lord and the king's hand was restored him again and became as it was before and the king said unto the man of God come home with me and refresh thyself and I will give thee a reward and the man of God said unto the king if thou wilt give me half thy house, I will not go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way, and returned not by the way that he came to Berlin. So the man just did all that the Lord God has told him, and it happened just like he said, and the king was amazed. The king said, Well, let me come, come home and I will give you some reward. He said, no, I will not get any reward from you. And he left. So you can say, let's clap for this man of God. He said, but it's not over yet. And that is where we are going to learn the lesson that says, <laughs> the word of God. We have to hold on to it. One of the things that you are going to, we are going to just think, think aloud and say, what do you think was wrong with this man of God? What do you think was wrong? Let's go continue with this story. Verse 11. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The works which he had spoken unto the king. Then they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen that what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that came from Judah? And he said, I am. Now, well, let's meditate on this just a little bit. What do you think is the motive why this old prophet they call him old prophet what was the motive why he went after the man of god what was the motive think about it do you think this man you may say people some know there'll be a revival and evangelists come to town and there's a great evangelist or some other pastors and they want to associate with this new miracle worker it's common in human beings Philip the evangelist went to Samaria. You remember the story? In the book of Acts of the Apostles, he went to Samaria and miracles started happening. And they said, they said there was one man there called Simeon or Simon. He was a sorcerer. Before Philip came, he was the, the, the man in Samaria because he was doing some magics. And people said, well, this must be the power of God. And there came another greater power. Philip, performing wonders. And Simon the sorcerer said, wow. This is greater than what's heard. What do you think he did? He tried to associate. But that's really what this prophet was trying to do. Associate with bigger power. Learn from him. That's really perhaps what he was trying to do. 
bring him home, be friends. Like Simon the sorcerer. The Bible says he went follow Philip around. And then he came another prophet or evangel apostles from Jerusalem. Peter and John, they came to lay hands upon the believers and miracles and the healing and uh, Holy Ghost being given. And he said, wow, this is bigger than that of Philip. And he wanted to buy this one. So, association. Sometimes people lose their focus. We must not lose our focus. Because see, that man just wanted, he's going after something. You have to be careful now. This may be where it begins to hurt. We have to be careful. What is our goal? What is your goal when it comes to serving the Lord? This man called him whole prophet, but he wanted something. He wanted association, perhaps. He wanted some bigger something. And he called this man. Now he went and saw this man from Judah. And he said, Come home with me. And the guy said, Well, now look at the, prof, the first error you will see here from this man from Judah. We are reading verse 15 when he said, Come home with me and eat bread. He already had, he already knew what the man had, been, had told the king that well, God, he said God told him not to eat them. Verse 16 is the first thing you have to underline. He said, And the man from Judah said, I may not. Now that is the first thing you should do. What did you say I may? The word may means what? There's a doubt right there. We must be careful. The word of God is to be, to be guarded jealously. Now instead of saying I will not, because that was what he told the king. I will not go home with you even if you give me half of your kingdom. Now he's saying I may not. Before that time, the devil has already been walking upon his mind. That is what I wanted to point out. That we've got to be careful in this road. This narrow road that God has called us onto. You've got to watch carefully, tread carefully, and be careful of this is a narrow road. And in fact, there was a, a vision where somebody was saying a vision, it was Jonah in that in his book. He said, They climbed to the mountain, and then the Lord told them, anybody can fall from any height. Anybody can fall from any height. They don't say, well, you have climbed so high, you cannot fall. Anybody can fall from any height, young man. So that is why you have to be careful. Be grounded by the word of God. Because the enemy is going about putting ideas in the minds. All he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden is what? Just change the world a little bit. Just change the world a little bit and throw in the N-O-T. God said, you shall surely die. You shall not surely shall die. Just throw in N-O-T. But that was not the end of it. The end of it was that Eve was meditating on that, that the enemy said, you shall not surely die. You shall not surely die. Why meditate on it when God said, you shall surely die? So that is why we need to now be careful of this narrow road we are walking on so that we don't want to stumble. This man of God from Judah, he has done very well proclaiming before the king. It's not because he proclaimed before the king. It's because as he was going, the devil bombarded him with thoughts. Maybe God actually means you shouldn't eat from the king. The devil walks ahead of time. Maybe it's not you shouldn't eat from the king. Suppose somebody else, maybe this. And why was he doing sitting down on the road? Those are the things you mentioned. Why was he sitting down on the road? Perhaps he actually loved that reward. The reward of divination, like the Bible said, that Balaam loved. Maybe he loved that, let know what fame. He wanted that fame. But see, God has said no. But inside him was that desire for fame and vainglory. Think about it. What is make, what made that man to stop on the road and then changing his words? I will not. I may not. Which means it's now. Who are you? <laughs> who are you that is coming to talk to me? Me decide whether I will. I may not. He loved the reward. 
And God has seen his problem and told him, don't up front. And he said, yes, God said, don't. And he was going his way. Then the devil, that's what I'm saying. Listen, the enemy is going about against the saints to bring thoughts, ideas, suggestions. Because that is all his weapon. Thoughts, ideas, suggestions. So that a little bit of swaying away change your focus and you thoroughly, thoroughly realize that you are saying instead of I will not you are now saying I may not from I will not you are saying I may not be careful we have to be careful and that is where you can begin to read between the lines that this man said I may not he said that I will I eat bread nor drink what he said God told him not to do that so he said I may not then the enemy in verse 17 he quoted exactly what God told him in verse 18 this old prophet now spoke and said I am a prophet also as thou art and an angel spoke unto me saying bring him back what I was saying was that the enemy has already walked on the mind of this man of God that's why he's changing from I will not to I may not that is why I'm saying ideas thoughts, ideas, suggestions comes upon people that you must stay with the word and say the Lord said this and that's what I'm going to do yeah. and if you don't then that idea will begin to make you change your stand your ground so the old prophet first says an angel told me to bring you back home and the Bible said and he lied to him verse 18 I am a prophet also as thou art and an angel spoke unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thy house, that he may eat bread and drink water. See, but he lied unto him. So he went back with him. So he went back with him. So we can, you know the end of the story, I will read on, because there's still drama that unfold here. So he went and ate and, and drank, and then the Bible said, Verse 23. And it came to pass after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk. Oh no, let me go back to verse uh, 21. Verse 20. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back, the old prophet. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but came, down, came back and hast eaten bread and drunk water in the place of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water, Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of thy fathers. How do you think this man of God from Judah, how do you think he received that? It's like, are you joking? Are you kidding? You look like uh, this is, are you just joking here? How can you say God told you to bring me back and now you are now saying, Thus say the Lord, your carcass will not. <laughs> you must, must be a joke. Eh? It's, not a, it's not a joke, praise the Lord. <laughs> But you see, wait, what is the why would the Lord put all these stories there? A lesson for you and me, upon whom the end of the world has come. Because every word of God is a lesson. Especially we that wanted to be servants of God. Or wanted to be prophets of the Lord. And God put it point blank. Now we're going to continue because you see the judgment now came. The man has this false prophet, we call him false prophet because he was the liar, prophesied, and the judgment came. And the man, even sat the only man asked, now you don't need to walk anymore. Maybe the guy was tired, that's why he was starting sitting on, under the oak. Here's an ass, take him, just keep it. And then he went. Verse 24, let me go to that verse 24. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. 
Now you all know that this is a supernatural lion. A lion don't kill except they want to eat. Lions, natural lions don't kill except they want to eat. And what they kill, they eat. But there have been cases in Israel where they have seen situations like this where lion came, suddenly appear. So that has to be a judgment lion spiritual, spiritual. That just kill. And it happened over and over in Israel. I don't have to point to those Bible verses. But this is an example here. This lion suddenly appeared and killed the man and didn't kill the ass. And the Bible said, the ass stood there and ass should have run. And ass, see a lion will run, no? That's why I say this is a supernatural lion. And not only that, the lion sat there and waited. The man died, you can see he's torn into pieces. The ass stood there and the lion sat there. And let's read the story. And when the verse 25, and behold, men passed by and saw the carcass casting the way, and the lion standing by the carcass, and they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has delivered him unto the lion, which has torn him and slain him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. Even the guy that deceived him now is now condemning. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know what happened. Now let's see the strange thing here. And he spake unto his son, saying, Saddle me an ass. And they saddled him. And he went and found his carcass casting away, and the ass and the lion standing by the carcass. The lion had not eaten the carcass, nor turned the ass. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of God and laid it upon the ass and brought it back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. Now, you have said, well, now that this liar showed up, maybe the lion should now jump on him too and kill him. No, <laughs> praise the Lord. The lion did not mess with the old prophet. You say, well, what? why was that? He was the liar, he was the false prophet. God is not judging the false ones yet. They were doomed for hell and lake of fire. That's why you don't want to you don't want to imitate these sinners. They are doing it in the world. That's something you should do it if you are a servant of God. Your own judgment can be quick and rapid because He wants you in heaven. That's why you see some people die. You see, they say because of this, they, are, they, they die young. So because they are just being spared, they are going on that and they go to heaven. But the wicked, the ungodly, the false ones. Their own doom is for the lake of fire. That's why the lion was just looking, didn't touch the false prophet, and the false prophet just took the carcass and went away. That doesn't mean God acknowledged what he has done. His own is separate, is for hell and lake of fire. So that's one lesson you should learn, especially you young people. The world may be doing these things, that's something you should do it because you are a child of God. Amen? And if you are a child of God, don't. Don't touch the unclean thing. You can give examples, examples, examples. Where everybody is having boyfriend, girlfriend. Where if you run into this, that's where you are going to be in your own trouble. And your own trouble will be quick. And there will be no, I'm sorry kind of a thing. That's why many people, they run into that situation and they regret it. Not like the other girl, the other boy that have been doing it over and over and over again. There's no repercussion. Your repercussion can be just as rapid like that man of God from Judah. Why the ungodly, the unbelievers, they have their own in hell and lake of fire, which is not your portion. So learn a lesson from that. God said judgment must begin from his own household. Praise the Lord. Now, what are the lessons we are learning from this? The lesson is for this man of God, the word of God, we must uphold the word of God seriously. Especially we servants of the Most High God. And you want to be the servant of God, you must uphold the word of God. Take fast hold. Give me Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. 
into the screen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. Take fast hold of instruction, is what the Bible said. Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go. Keep her for she is alive. Instruction is our life. That's what that Bible verse is telling us. Instruction is our life. God gave instruction to that man of God. God gave instruction to Adam and Eve. Adam. Adam passes to Eve. And the devil came and tried to just change it a little like this man. That old prophet said, well, I'm a prophet like you. And somebody, my angel told me to come bring you back. And this man of God has already been changing his, I will for my may. I will not, to I may not. That is the first sign that makes you to see that the enemy has been working upon his mind. And we must guard our mind. Guide your heart. The Bible said, guard your heart with all diligence. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart with all diligence. Out of the heart are the issues of life. Issues of life. You must guard our heart. And that is one of the things. What you learn from this lesson is not just to say, well, gee, I fear God. You have to fear God, yes. And to fear God means to uphold that word. Whatever he has instructed, you hold it firm and don't change. Don't let them say, some people say, everybody is doing it. Don't let that make you change from standing firm with the word of God. Because like we said, that Oprah may be wrong, may be a liar. But see, God still held this man of God accountable for his own part of it. The other man, he has sown in hell in lake of fire. Our own is not for hell in lake of fire, but right now we want to live right and place the land. And hold our integrity. Like we say about all the prophecies that people can make you, they can make you shame, you can want to, don't even try to fulfill it by yourself. Just stand by. If God promised promise this, if God has prophesied this thing, God will make it happen. Just hold on to your integrity. And the Lord knows how to, how to make it happen, no matter what it is. And this part that we just talked about, this man from Judah, that every one of us that have sounds of God have read it and thought about it, meditate upon it again and again and again and say, Lord, let me hold firm to the word of God. Another thing you see in this man is what? Respect of faces. Respect of faces. And the Bible said respectability is another offense the enemy uses. That big prophet that I've heard about is the one that said it. That's respect of faces. What did God tell you? What did God tell you? So very important that you stand by the word of God. So that old prophet, you say, well, I, I, he dressed like an old prophet, so that's why he begins to say, I may not. No. What did God tell you? So no respect of faces in judgment as far as God is concerned. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and let's stand up. Let's stand up. That's how I'm going to wrap it up. Let's stand up. Let us stand up and talk to the Lord. I want to be right, Lord. This is a slippery, slippery slope. Slippery slope we are going on. Remember Moses was so close to the Lord and he all, a single thing he did, just one single thing, got angry and, and instead of sticking, he smote. And God said, you are not going in. As we move closer and closer to the end of time, we saints of the Most High God, as we move closer and closer to the ancient of days, it becomes very important. Very important. Simple, simple errors will not be overlooked by the Lord. That's why we that are aspiring to be like Christ, we've got to be firm on the world. We've got to stand firm and not be changing focus and be now wanting to be like them. Wanting to be like the world. Want to be great like the men of well, be careful. Let's set our focus on the word of God because it's God that make great. It's God that's going to make great. And if you are trying to make yourself great, you may be in serious trouble because the enemy is setting a trap. Let's pray. Just pray for yourself. Let's pray for ourselves. Just pray. Talk to the Father. Like a sobering sermon that Lord help me here. If a prophet can make a mistake like that and the lion didn't just come to kill and eat and didn't even kill a false prophet 
I want to tread on this now road carefully. That's why he said, fear the Lord, ye is saints. We saints, you fear the Lord. Say, but there's no one to them that fear him. So the fearing of the Lord is to tread his word carefully. And to guard our heart and guard ourselves. When we say the word of God, let me tell you one thing about the word of God. The Lord just reminded me of this that I wrote down. You, you take the word of God for yourself and stand by it. Take, for example, the Lord said, wives, submit to your own husband. You just do that. That is my own part. You do that and stay with us. That is the word of God to you as a wife. Husbands, love your wife as the Lord. You just do your own part and stay with that. That is what God is going to do. When it comes to between that thing, that is the word of God to you. You stay with that word and say, I'm going to just hold to this one. Where he didn't do this, I'm not going to do that. No, forget about that. You stay with your own word. That's when you say, I am standing with the word of God. I'm not going to shame. Because when we say the word of God is to be held extremely and to hold fast onto it, that's what we mean. This simple, simple thing. Just hold on to your own part and stand by that word. And say, this is what I'm going to do because God said it. I stay with that. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. That you have said he has exalted his word above all his name. Really? Yeah, his name is high. But he says he's exalted his word above all his name. So, Father, we fear, we tremble at your word. Help us to tremble more and to take heed to your word so that we do not err, we do not offend in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And help us, Lord Jesus Christ, to walk this narrow road as we move closer, closer to the ancient of days, to walk this narrow road with trembling, fear, and tremble at your word, and carefully, so that when we arrive at your feet, you will say, well done, thou true, good, and faithful servant. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Praise you, the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. Now the this, you can sit down. Let's have the the musicians can come over. Let's have the next agenda. What is the next agenda? Prepare your offering. The praise team, come and take it over. Prepare your offering, and we're going to take the offering. In a moment. I give us a song for 